Welcome back to the Outdoor Adventures Podcast. I got with me in the studio co-host extraordinaire Dylan Williams. And we have his buddy Kyle. And I don't Kyle, I don't know your last name. I don't know if you want that out to the universe, but Christensen. Christian's last name. <laughs> yep. All right. It's yeah. a good last name. I like it. So Kyle uh, is one of Dylan's buddies gearing up, getting ready for a mule deer archery hunt this year. And I've hunted with Kyle on one trip, I believe. And then also I bumped into him recently at that 3D shoot. And he was out there with his brother-in-law and a couple buddies and his daughter, who's how old is she? Yep, four. So she was great. Trooper all day, just following him around and helping him. And <laughs> But anyway, they were one of the best shooters. Their group were some of the best shooters we had out there. So I have no doubt you can get the job done. I hope so. We're going to, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be a good time. Yeah. I mean, you've, you've definitely put the time behind the bow and yeah, that's important. I think it's going to be a good opportunity if we get a good setup and, uh, I think we're going to be able to execute pretty well. It's going to be awesome. I'm freaking stoked. Well, you and my dad are going to be over there for like 10 days or something, nine yeah. days. Yeah. So absolutely. I'm only getting to do it for half the time with them, but, um, I have a good feeling they're going to get over there and get one done. Yeah, a big one, hopefully. I mean, we, my brother and I were there last archery season, and we, I think it was 18 different bucks that we saw. And then, I mean, two real giants and some nice ones and some small ones. But I've never had a dull archery season over there. Like the no, deer never. <laughs> numbers over there, once you get over there for that archery time, is extraordinary. But then once it gets into that rifle season, some stuff starts to get a little sneaky and hidey on you a little yeah. bit. <laughs> For sure. And you also have way less people. That's what I loved about it. It was, we saw hardly any other hunters, which was to me fantastic. You know, just the ones that raided your camp. Yeah. Just the ones that robbed me, which was cool. <laughs> That's whatever. <Yeah>. Melatonin <laughs> got to use though, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stuff happens, you know, what do you do? It's a, you know, the risk of being out there, I guess sometimes, but I definitely will be more cautious going forward. Not going to be leaving much in camp. Well, one thing I want to talk about that I just thought about this now. Actually, we're going to do what I do on every podcast and just throw something in randomly. Yeah. Okay. That's, this is um, live. This is how it goes. So when we're hunting over there, do you ever notice how much more difficult it is to sneak up to a deer or have that opportunity to make a shot on a deer over there with a bow as opposed to, well, you haven't done much over here, have you, with your bow? Well, but I just know what you're getting at. I mean, it's a lot drier over there for sure. Yeah. I mean, and over here we get a ton of rain. There's a lot of cover, not as much cover over there. Yeah, it's wide um, open, man. Well, especially yeah. the spots that we hunt because we hunt it like we're rifle hunting it kind of. But still, even when I went with my brother and we saw that group of deer and there was a couple bucks in there and we just laid behind cover and let them come to us and I could tell they were on guard, but they didn't see us, you know? And they fed right towards us. So if you can be patient, that's always the hardest part. Yeah. I, I remember, you know, archery hunting with you over here one evening and we were like texting each other from where we were hanging out. It'd been like seven minutes. We're like, it feels like it's been an hour. Yeah. Have you seen anything yet? <laughs> you know. So well, the anticipation. Yeah. <laughs> it's but, so different over here because you're the numbers aren't the same. Yeah. No, like, it's just that, not even close. Other than that one day with you and Kyler. Mm-hmm. that we were talking about. Yeah. Like that was Sucked. unbelievable. That was a crazy freak day. And I was like, man, Dylan's got some spots. Yeah. And I went back there and didn't see another deer. I've been back there three or four times and never seen <laughs> yeah. <anything>. So <laughs> I don't know what that day was all about, but it was pretty special. It was. It was like eight bucks or something. It was nuts. I think that's the other thing about hunting in general, that when you're in those moments, you're like, oh, this is going to happen 
next time I go out and then 20 years goes by and you're like, I've never seen that again. Yeah. yeah. Right. Well, even with John and I, we went walking, this was, we were rifle hunting, but walked in and these, it, it was raining so hard. You couldn't even use your binos, couldn't see through the scope. Like we were miserable. We were ready to go home. We were in there for 20 minutes. And next thing you know, we look up and all these deer started popping up and John just wiped his binos off enough to see all of them had horns. All six of these deer popped up, all had horns, and we were trying to pull our guns up to shoot, and it couldn't see. It was all foggy, and it was just one of those things. It's just totally different atmosphere from here to there once you get to eastern Oregon because it's wide open. Weather's pretty mellow. I mean, you have some days where it rains, some days when it snows, but, man, it's it's just it's nice. Well, and it's crazy when you see a big group of mature deer or even, like, nice shooter bucks all together like that. I mean, that's just... Well, that's, yeah, I'll, I'll probably never see that many blacktail bucks together again. Yeah, no, that was crazy. Unless it's, like, you know, at my parents' place or something. Yeah, unless you're, <laughs> you know, those family farm deer. You yeah. Know, they're a little more cozy. But yeah. Kyler's been bear hunting a lot, and uh, they bumped into six branch bull elk together just on this last bear hunt, like six bulls all together, like branch bulls. And they were all still in velvet. And he was thinking, you know, that's probably why they were out in the open. Maybe they didn't want to, because that live tissue bumping it on the tree branches and stuff. I wonder what that feels like. It's got to hurt. You got to think as something's growing on your head and (laughs) it's like got to be tender. And then like, oh man. Yeah. 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 Or the transition, right? Like going from that to hard horn. Just the itch and the, just the, be like poison oak times 10, I bet. Oh. But just can you imagine? freaking raking. Just getting bigger and better every year. So like, imagine that was your bicep. You know, every year you'd lose your arm, you'd grow another one and just get bigger and better every year. I wouldn't complain, I'm telling you that much. <laughs> I would not complain if that was the case. It'd it feel good for your manhood, you know? Yeah. You're just like Straight yeah. survival. Bigger and better this year, boys. If I could lose, like have the stomach shed each year and just come back a little bit skinnier, just that'd start be pretty with the, sweet. The eight pack and yeah. then, yeah. Just keep progressing, add another pack each year. <laughs> keep working it down. Well, I've been uh, having some coyote woes at my place. So I lost, um, we went on a little family vacation um, with the kids and, we had a young kid house sitting for us. His, I work with his mom and nice kid. You know, he's trying to take care of my sheep for me. And uh, last time he watched my sheep on 4th of July, one just mysteriously died. And it had like frothy blood in its nose. And we weren't sure if something scared it or if it was fireworks or whatever. Or it, it always seemed a little off. So maybe it's underdeveloped lungs or something. But anyway, so then he house sits for me again. First night he gets there and he texts me. He's like, how many sheep should there be? And I'm like, well, it should be 16. You know, he's like, well, I'm only counting 14. So I give him numbers of each color of sheep because I got black ones, white ones, brown ones. And uh, anyway, he's like, well, I'm missing a black one and a white one. And I'm like, okay. So he's like, I'm going to go back out in the field now that I know. And it's like 9, 10 o'clock at night. So it's pitch black. And I told him where our flashlights were and stuff. And he found one that was half eaten. And he uh, calls me. He's like, I don't know if I should be out here. I just started thinking in the pitch black with whatever's yeah. eating your sheep, you know? And I'm like, well, just talk to me until you get to the house. And so he got back in the house and he dealt with it the next day. And I guess that morning he saw the coyote chewing on that half eaten one when he went to go throw it away. And the other little one just was gone completely. So then we get home. So I just told him, Hey, keep them on the top pasture. It's a little safer. Throw some hay out for him as there's not a lot of feed and 
I'll deal with it when I get home, you know? So we get home first day we're home first day there on the bottom pasture again. I come to work and my brother lives in the neighborhood and he goes, Hey, I'm on a hike with the kids and there's a coyote out in your field. And he's huge. He's like the size of a German shepherd. He's like, it's the biggest coyote I've ever seen. And he's like, it's eating something out there. I'm like, well, he must've got another one, you know? And sure enough, he got another one. So that night I sat over the carcass hoping he'd come back and stayed out till dark, nothing. Tried again the next morning, did that for two or three days. And then we had a full moon the other day and they were all yipping in my bottom pasture, just a bunch of coyotes. I could hear them out there. It's four o'clock in the morning. I typically sleep in my boxer shorts. So I throw on my rubber boots, grab my gun, run out in the moonlight and looking for these things. And my wife comes with me. And anyway, they were gone by the time I got out there. But then that next morning, I go to let the sheep out. It's like 930 in the morning. So it wasn't like super early. And it was 11 o'clock in the morning when my brother had seen this coyote in my field, which is pretty late. So I go up there and I, I'm going to let him out. And I look out the corner of my eye and I see this coyote. And he's, at first I thought he was a deer because he was so big bodied. I was like, man, there's a deer over there. And I'm like, holy cow, that's a coyote. So I walk back to my house and I go, um, told my son, I'm like, go grab my cell phone. And I go get my gun. I call my neighbors. It was on my neighbor's property. I go, hey man, there's a coyote on your property. He's been eating my sheep. Do you care if I shoot him? He's like, go get him. You know, nice. as long as you can take a safe, <laughs> safe shot, you know? Yeah. And, so I sneak up behind these oak trees. I get about a hundred yards, put the crosshairs on him. He sits up like a dog. He disappeared. So I thought, oh man, he took off, but he laid down flat Then he pops up and he's sitting there and I put the crosshairs on his chest, squeeze one off. He runs. I'm like, oh, I missed. How did I miss? You know, and hop in my truck, drive around to my neighbor's house, go up there. Um, and I see blood on the ground. Not a lot, but a fair amount of nice red blood. So I think I, I got him. I never... My neighbor's got like four foot tall grass all around his backside full of poison oak. So I wasn't going to go digging around in that, you know, because then I fear like he's going to get me again if I get poison oak out of the deal. But I was like, I'm, we haven't had problems since. But I've been seeing coyotes in every field. When I take my daughter, she's got a babysitting deal. And so I drive about 15 minutes and all these fields are full of coyotes, just tons of them. And I called Department of Fish and Wildlife and they said this year they've had more complaints than ever for livestock with coyotes. Wow. And she said coyotes, bobcats, and cougars have been just terrible this year. Really? So anyone listening, get out there and shoot some of these dogs. Right. Yeah. I well, can... <laughs> even like that first time you were talking when Charlie found it, we were on the phone in the morning when you were leaving your house mm -hmm. and you saw what we think is the coyote that's killing your sheep because you said, that's the biggest coyote I've ever seen. Yeah, and he, he said, was on the <laughs> refuge while I was talking to Dylan that morning. That oh was at like seven thirty. Yeah, and then at, by eleven, he was in my pasture from the refuge, which is pretty close. You know, wow. chowing down on another sheep. So, yeah. I mean, when you're living on that organic, fresh lamb meat, you're gonna yeah, get big. You're gonna get and big. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, Sam just got a low leg bloodshot. <laughs> That's what he keeps saying <laughs> that I low legged him. I'm like, there's no way. Oh, just a winger. <laughs> yeah, he, he he sends me a picture. He sends me a picture of this blood and it's, you know, it's decent blood. It's nice and red color. And I, all I sent back to him was, that's a low leg shot. I'm like, how do you know that from <laughs> the picture? That was, yeah. That's well, cool. even that, that, or the day that Charlie got, cause then you called me, I don't know, right at, right around 11 something when you've heard from Charlie 
called me and said, that coyote's in my field eating a sheep right now or something. It was so funny. I was pretty fired up. I talked to my mom and she's like, hey, tone down. Or you hear, I'm hearing a little bit more words than I want to hear coming out of your mouth. So, because they're like my babies, you know, and yeah. like you raise them up. We got them through the eagles trying to eat them when they're little. Yeah. They're, they're finally ready to be sold or butchered. And now, you know, coyotes have taken three of them from me. So, okay. so how many yeah. have left? I just have three left. Yeah. And we were going to keep one as a carryover anyway. And of course she, the one we had picked out survived and she's a brown one. So it's like the brown wool is kind of more rare. So oh, we nice. were going to keep her anyway. Well, so how'd you go from 14 to three? Well, there's a lot of adults. Right. Do you have yeah. ewes and lambs? Yeah. Or ewes uh, oh, and I was rams, just talking a full number, say. not just your lambs. Like right. how, how much is your total number? Right now I have 10 sheep left. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. So, and two goats. So I was, I was up to 16 total, I think. So I must have lost four in total. I'm trying to think Dang. of. Yeah, there was four in total. that he, he ended up getting three, and then that one that just mysteriously died. So, Dang. Yeah. yeah, he had a good, you know, spring, summer. Well, at least your house sitter knows what to expect now when yeah. he comes back. Yeah, won't be as traumatized. <laughs> yeah. yeah, my brother's like... Either this dude's in some sort of cult and there's going to be a bunch of lamb's blood stashed in your oh. fridges or, you know, or there really is a guy out out there. And then uh, once he saw it, he's like, oh, I guess there is a guy. Yeah, I guess there is. All right. We'll knock that one off the he list. He might be chomping out the bit to leave the old 270 out there for <laughs> yeah. him to knock one down maybe. Well, exactly. <laughs> Actually, um, my cousin's husband, he's got one of these infrared scopes on like a 223 or a 56 or something like that. And so he wants to come out and do a night hunt with me and see if, you know, if we can oh, get yeah. one to come in and try to get him, Absolutely. you know, because we could set up a really safe shooting corridor and just see if we can get one to come in. So well, I bet yeah. you will. I've always wanted to do one of those night hunts with it too. I think that'd be so fun. Yeah. Those infrared scopes are sweet, you know, where you just see the. The thermal scope, I guess. Absolutely, just, yeah. 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 No, I've, the technology's come a long ways with this. Yeah. <laughs> it's insane. Yeah. It is crazy. Well, enough about coyote hunting, but uh, let's dive into uh, what Kyle's been up to in the hunting space. So, um, you know, I guess just maybe Kyle introduce us to, and Dylan will pop you with some questions, and I'm sure I will too, but introduce us to kind of how you started hunting and what got you going in the, the sport of hunting. Did you grow up doing it? Did your family always do it? Yeah. Kind of, you know, let us know how you started and then we'll talk to you about where you're at now. Okay. Um, let's see. Well, a little background, I guess, uh, how I started. Um, I come from a single mom as a parent. So my hunting uh, aspect kind of stemmed from just like pure mentor. I got lucky and I uh, met a guy who kind of showed me the ropes on hunting. Uh, they had a sweet little priest property bordered Weyerhaeuser. It's almost like a magical story because it was just so unrealistic now as an adult. Like, yeah. I think the first deer, uh, I well, I know the first deer I killed was like a, it was a giant four point, uh, 16 and a half inch from web to web. It was a great, great buck. Um, started, went through. So that guy, I started doing uh, the peer mentorship with him. Um, went through all my hunter safety course with them. 
um, started and shooting. And first. what age are you during this? Uh, I think 13, yeah. Okay. Right right at that uh, age. And uh, I think I met him at the age of 12. So I kind of got like a soft opener. Um, the first gun I ever shot was a Sears and Roebuck uh, break action single shot 12 gauge. Oh, man. <laughs> and we're sitting... He had like a little garage, detached garage, and a little lean-to off of it. And he always had this couch that sat under it, him and his dad. And a old school, uh, old school couch just sat under there next to the wood pile with a, a sheet over it. And we'd always sit there, and there was a sheet of plywood up there. And he'd always sit there and watch for gophers. And I remember he's like, here, you want to try? And I was like, oh, absolutely. You know, just chomping that bit. I was probably 12. Super stoked. And uh, so we... He throws a slug in there, jacks it back. I had no clue. I was like, I'm not sure what's going on. So I pull it up. <laughs> the gopher starts digging. You start seeing the mound go, and he's like, yeah, put the beat on it. Let her eat. Okay, so I, you know, cock the hammer back, start seeing the dirt raise, squeeze the trigger, and it landed a freaking thunderstorm to my <laughs> shoulder, man. It was a freaking three-inch magnum. Just walloped me. And I mean, this is a Sears break action single shotgun. It probably weighs two pounds, and it's straight wood. Yeah. It was a hammer to a 12-year-old. Oh, yeah. And 12-gauge um, with a slug. 100% black in my shoulder. But he, uh, we called him Grandpa. Grandpa looked at me, and he was, he was like, that's the hardest hitting gun you'll ever shoot in your life and I was like okay and ever since then I was not worried yeah. <laughs> the next gun I had uh, that I killed my first deer with with uh, was a was like a Savage 7mm uh, with a nice muzzle brake and so it was a nice gun it, it was loud but it didn't kick like a regular seven mag. Would, yeah, you probably but. thought that was a BB gun. When you oh yeah, it was, it was not after. a big deal it was not a big deal yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you know so I started off with that uh, I would consider that was my trophy buck uh, because ever since then, uh, and I've had some pretty awesome, I've killed, I'm 29, <laughs> and I've killed uh, four bucks total. So I'm not super successful. Um, I spent a lot of time out there, but not as much as uh, a lot of people. But yeah, so I the mean, rest of them are all three by twos. So I'm on a pretty tight streak right now. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that's still not. I mean you're not shooting uh, spikes though. I mean no, no, yeah. we're, we're doing all right, you yeah. know. And I've always uh, and one thing I was taught was uh, like kind of the con- conservation part of that. Um, so I've always uh, Dylan always gives me a hard time, but I always like have a mindset of I want something that's mature and big. I'm not necessarily going after the fork and horn or the first thing I see, mm-hmm. uh, which is kind of my downfall because I do get opportunities, but I kind of second guess them and then the opportunity kind of melts apart. But Yeah, a lot of times you know, those opportunities are seconds, <laughs> yeah, especially on absolutely. the west side over here. Absolutely, yeah. you know? uh, yes, especially over here. And uh, of the deer you've taken, have they all been blacktail? Or have you got Yeah, any? yeah. Okay. As of now, uh, all blacktail. I've been on two muley hunts. Um, first one, I think Dylan was on. It would have been, yeah. It was actually me and John. John John was there for sure. Uh, that's Were you the guys first archery hunting on that one. First or? archery hunt. Okay. First year archery hunting over east. Uh, had an opportunity. This is so we're driving over there. Uh, me and John and his dad. And I think that might have been the first time I might have met you. Yeah, it might have been. 
Um, I was not at this one. No, yeah, I don't believe you were. It was okay. definitely John. And uh, so we go over there, and they're big talking, like, "Hey, listen, you're gonna see, you're gonna see lots of bucks. We're gonna see lots of bucks." And then we're only there for the long week slash weekend. And sure enough, first day, opening day, first light, we see a nice, a decent fork and horn. I'm not even kidding you. It was not 500 feet from camp. <laughs> we're rolling down the burn road. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> Knock an arrow. He is 20 yards <laughs> skyline, like right there. I'm like, they're like, you know, I don't know. It's kind of up to you. And I'm like, I'm just chomping at the bit. I'm like, oh. So I passed. And we got on some awesome stocks the rest of the time, chased so many bucks, but was unsuccessful. So I learned, I was like, ah, oh, man. And now I'm always kind of like gun shy. I'm like, you can't really pass. Should you pass one up? Like I always have that mentality in the back of my mind. I want to kill a nice mature buck. But at that point, like you're only given so many opportunities, right? Yeah. And those muleys compared to a blacktail, you're already getting so much more meat. It's hard to pass them up. It is. And I've we talk about blade a lot on here, but I passed on him opening morning and then I shot at him later and shot at him a few more times. But, <laughs> and, but you know, it's, um, it's one of those things where it's, I don't know, it does something to your psyche sometimes when you pass them up too, I think where you're like, okay, that was my shot and I chose not to take it. But at the same time, like this year for me with this rifle tag, I'm not shooting anything little. Like I'd rather come home empty Right. Then shoot something small. But I think it also depends too. Like you've hunted this place. This is your fourth time getting it. Five, fifth time probably. Yeah. Fourth or fifth time. Yeah. So it's been a lot of years that you've been doing this thing. And I mean, not to be super ruthless. It's <laughs> not, you have like a big one to show for it. True. My biggest buck, same thing. First buck I killed that three point in my office and he's, the best buck I've ever taken. And yeah, I've seen, I've been a part of hunts with very large bucks, but I've usually tagged out the day before on a little <laughs> buck, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. But, like I had the same experience too with my first time drawing this tag, the rifle tag, the same place that Kyle's going bow hunting and where you guys went with Absolutely, John. And yeah. so first time I drew it, we went and camped at your guys' old camp on that, the worst road that's ever existed, known yeah. to man. Um, and we're driving out. And we always leave camp kind of where we have enough daylight because you're going to see deer on the side of the road. And we like to see them a heck of a lot. You know, like just seeing deer is a win for us. Like mm -hmm. not necessarily the harvest or any of that stuff. I, I just really do appreciate the animal more than anything. And we get almost to where the gravel meets pavement, to where we're getting back onto the main road to head to our hunting spot, right? Right, to, right off the road, my dad stops Without saying a word, he just has this big sigh. <laughs> well, there's two bucks. It doesn't get much easier than that. Take your pick. And it was these two twin forking horns, and they were really nice forking horns. They're bigger than the buck I brought home. And I was kind of ch chomping at the bit. My dad and my uncle were saying, hey, there, you have a lot of season left, and this tag is way too good to tag out this early on this buck right now because you'll see plenty and i did i saw a lot but i missed everything this is archery or rifle this is rifle my first time getting the rifle tag okay. i missed everything in sight i think i i told my dad when i left 
because we didn't have a box of bullets. We were going to get one. Oh, my goodness. And I, I had four <laughs> shells. Get out and of here. he goes, well, let's go get a box. And I said, why? He goes, well, you're, you might need them. Dad, I only need one. That's what I said. Oh. I missed nine shots on this trip at like seven bucks. And it, was it, it was, buck fever, you think? I mean. It had a lot to do with it. But the thing with it, like we didn't have a range finder yet. Um, I was using uh, my great uncle's uh, 270. doesn't have the, like the nicest scope on it, you know, so the optics aren't the best. Um, and I was it, like over there, you see a buck standing there. And if it's a big one, especially, it does not look nearly as far as it actually is. So my uncle had a range finder with us, but it wasn't in the pickup. It was at camp. So this whole first day after I passed that fork and horn, we get to the where we always hunt. We get out. We walk in. We're sitting at this log, we're glassing, and these bucks come barreling over top of the mountain in the single file line. And you can see the horns on them fine. Like it, I can see them with my naked eye. Perfect. And this one in the back, it looks like a bull elk just came over the top of the hill right behind all these. All the other ones look like spikes compared to this one. And my dad and uncle just get like they were talking about how excited they get for me. They're, oh my God, start shooting. You're freaking out, right? They're like, do you see him? Do you see him? And all that kind of stuff. So I start shooting at this deer and I'm like, man, that, I think that's like 700 yards from yeah. me. <laughs> and so I, I shot twice and I'm like, I don't know if this is like, I don't, I'm not even coming close. The buck's not even moving any other direction than forward. Like I'm hitting like 40 feet low, I think. And then it just kind of progressed like that. Like the shot challenges were there. I had one where it was straight down a hill, super steep. And it was like 300 yards to the buck. And I kept shooting over the top of his back. Hmm. And I think I shot at that one. Uh, it might have even been more than nine shots. But anyways. At the one you? deer? No, no, no. Oh, no, just not total. Total okay. throughout the trip. Um, I was four, four. No, it had to have been older than that. I don't remember. 17 maybe? Really? Okay. So, you know, significantly 16? young in that. Yeah. Yeah. And... uh that buck I was shooting at that was straight downhill was had to have been the widest three point anybody's ever seen. Like it was just it laid out flat. It's humongous. And then uh with it after that buck, I was just disappointed and like I couldn't figure out what was going on. This four by five stepped out right behind it, just as big as that three point, just popped out. And after I shot my last shot at that three point, he like hunkered down real hard and took off. So we thought I hit him. So I didn't, that four by five ran closer to us and had a more of a flat shot. And I never shot at him because we thought we hit that three point, went down there, didn't even come close to it. Not a speck of blood. We looked forever, nothing. Yeah. It's weird over there. It is almost like an optical illusion too, especially like the hillside to hillside thing. You know, Just you see deceiving. those, yeah, you see those big bucks on a hillside silhouetting in the, and you're like, oh, that's so much that's 250 yards. I got that, you know, and you pull up on them and they don't even move. Yeah. You're like, huh. Yeah. Well, back to your point about, you know, like seeing all these deer and then you're like, man, I can't wait for that to happen again. That has never happened that I've seen since we've been back to this unit, since I that happened for me. Other than bow hunting, it's a little different. We've seen a lot of big bucks bow hunting, but that specific encounter rifle hunting, I'll never see that, I feel like, again. Yeah, your odds of seeing it again are not strong. You it know, just, I mean, it's, it's four point after four point. And maybe just timing with the herd migration or just a really good survival year. We were talking about that a little bit before we got started about how 
a lot of the country has been hammered this winter and they're talking about these winter kill numbers for the mule deer in particular. But my whole life growing up, they've been talking about how mule deer populations are struggling. And you're like, I don't know. When we were over there for John's bachelor party, we saw a lot of does and fawns. I mean, we saw seemed, a lot of bucks. Yeah. It just seems like in Oregon anyway, the winter wasn't that bad. So the, the deer that are staying here are fine. I get that the migratory herd and some of the other states that get harsher winters, they're going to maybe see a little dip, but. Well, and I've like this unit we've, we, we always talk about, I've been over there a lot and talked and we've talked to a lot of different hunters and it seemed to always be the same. Like they'll be like, man, we haven't seen anything. And I don't know if they're just trying to like get us to be like, oh yeah, you know, we saw four big bucks just here. down yeah, this like, hill. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if yeah. they're just like hiding the fact that they're seeing all the deer that, cause like when we hear them say that, we're like, what do you, what are you talking? Like, are you speaking Japanese right yeah. now? What do you mean? Well, it's we like just the saw same. 140 today. Yeah. It's just the same thing with fishing. You know, it's, oh, where'd you get that one? Oh, over here. And I was using this and this, and it's nowhere near what they actually caught the fish with. Oh, right. yeah. 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 I always wonder that though. I wonder how often they're just like telling you that little white lie. Yeah. I would imagine most hunters are pretty guarded with what they're seeing and where they're seeing animals, you know? Yeah. So for you, Kyle, do you have like an opening day? Well, let's talk a little bit of what made you transition. So you, you had this mentor, he yep. showed you the ropes, taught you kind of how to rifle hunt and how to hunt over here on the West side. What made you get interested in the archery thing? Was it hanging around with John and Dylan or was there other influences that got you into that? Oh man. Well, let's see. To be honest, <laughs> I was never really, you know, okay. Rifle hunter, not super successful. Uh, my wife always likes to give me a hard time, uh, because, you know, I eat a lot of tags. So I spend, you know, significant time every year out there, put money into it, work into it. Um, and it just wasn't pining out. But I am like, I always get the nickname, I'm an explorer from her. You know, not a killer. <laughs> I spend a lot of time out there, you know. Uh, Christopher Columbus is one. Would yeah, say. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so... You know, honestly, uh, so yeah, I guess my first, my my transition from rifle to archery was I bought my first bow. It would have been from John. Um, this was about, about got to be about four years ago. Uh, Matthews Z7. Um, I got that bow, started shooting, and absolutely fell in love. 100% was not set up to me. Um, <laughs> it was, I want to say it was like, uh, maybe a 28 and a half, maybe, maybe 29 inch draw. Um, you know, I'm not a big guy, uh, but right now I'm shooting a Matthews V3 31 with a, I'm right around 30 inch draw. So it was a little tight. It wasn't bad. Um, but you weren't getting that but full I, extension. You know, I wasn't comfortable yeah. uh, to come to find out because I knew nothing about archery, right? I have no clue. Not a clue about arrows, uh, form draw none of it had no clue so i'm going into this uh shooting but the thing i guess i really fell in love was that i can go pick up my bow go outside and shoot arrows uh at this point in my life i lived in town um one of my best friend one of my best friends uh was my roommate and we would just shoot arrows all the time and it was great uh that transitioned into uh me moving outside of town got some property and I continued it shot, 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 shot. Um, 
and that's kind of what started it. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, you're a, pre- a really proficient shooter from what I saw for only being doing it for four years. I mean, that's, you well, definitely be, have some time behind that bow. And you do it like you shoot every day, don't you? I try to shoot every day. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I, I know I'm not that great. Um, but I, I think I, I know, I know what is great. I guess, you know, now with social media being what it is, uh, it's bombarded with all the best, right? And obviously, when they put their best online, you don't see maybe all the bad. Mm -hmm. So have I whiffed a lot of arrows into the neighbor's yard across the road? 100%. Yeah. Uh, You know, I've, and it's bad feeling, but uh, now I've, uh, I've definitely altered that so that we fix that problem. Yeah. <laughs> we have a nice thick backdrop. Yeah. Well, these bows and 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 I guess that comes from like uh, just being ignorant and very novice. Um, you know, I started with this one bow. I think I was 65, 70 pounds. Now I'm shooting 75 pound and a long, little longer draw length. So I'm shooting like a 286 ish feet per second. Uh, that that arrow freaking moves, man. And yeah. That there's not, I mean, even deflecting through a, a double sheeted piece of carpet, it might go another 50, 100 feet. It's really not, you know, you really can't just guess on the, the, the distance. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You want to make sure you're stopping. Yeah. That thing. So yeah. we, we changed some stuff up. Uh, luckily, I live on five and a half acres, so it really doesn't leave the property. <laughs> so that's plus. Yeah. Well, that is. And I'm glad too that you, you shoot so much and stuff because it makes like for this trip coming up it makes me and like my dad who's going going with us feel so much more comfortable knowing and confident knowing that we're going with somebody that takes the time to actually put in the work to get good at this craft because it's not easy like when i first started bow hunting and stuff like i thought it was just i could go to buy mart and buy my arrows and get 48 of them because they're about six dollars for six or whatever and go ahead and go out and start shooting and try to just go hunting after shooting for two weeks. It takes so much time to get good at that. And I've noticed that too, just when you pull back from that foam target to that transition, when you're pulling back on an animal, the game changes significantly because you're, you're going from something that you're so used to seeing that's either low to the ground, or if you even have one block on top of that, you're still not holding that height that you would be for a deer or an elk. And then, also, the elevation changes, like your, like those three D shoots, because Kyle does that quite often. Like, you get to experience those real life shots that you're going to see actually in the field. And I never, I only shot the three D shoot a couple times, and I should have done that, took advantage of that uh, availability a lot more. Sure, yeah, I think uh, I could touch base on like I got a bad taste in my mouth, and I think I took it after the fact of this uh, moment. I took bow hunting a lot more serious. Uh, so if this would have been my first year archery hunting, um, my brother-in-law is my other hunting partner that I hunt with. And uh, so we put in for this tag. Uh, this would have been a couple of years ago. And uh, it was an any, any elk tag, first year archery hunting for elk over east. And uh, we get over there. And he is kind of funny. So he's he's a he's a marine, 
and he re- he got out of the service. So he reached out to some buddies, and they they're like, "Hey, you know, come check out this spot, this spot, this spot, this spot." So we're like, "Oh yeah, yeah." We didn't put any real effort into this hunt. We're just like, "Oh yeah, some dots on the map. Let's go, let's go do it, man." You know, I got my my Matthews Z7, you know, so so, and I'm still learning a lot. And I bet anybody who's ever picked up a bow, you know, that first, I mean, I would even say like your first two years with a bow, like, is it worth it chasing after animals? I mean, I'm still, I've been bow hunting for four years. You know, I still feel like there's so much to learn. Yeah. I'm Um, at the three year mark and I'm not shooting near as much as you are. And I'm going, man, I got to shoot a lot more. Yeah. You know? So it almost makes you feel like, are you, you, you know, you want to, when you're hunting anything, you want to make sure you're doing the most you can do to be uh, the most proficient on it. Right. Mm-hmm. So we get over there, some dots on the maps and like first couple of days are pretty dry. We roll into, you know, the third, fourth day and stuff just starts blowing up. We start just bugles everywhere it just sounds nuts so we're both just chomping at the bit we're chasing these elk we're hearing bugles we're bugling back and forth not knowing a single thing what to do right like never have called elk never have really bow hunted anything and we're on elk we're fresh sign they're screaming and uh, so we're going, we're going around this, uh, we're in this giant bowl and we're kind of side hilling it and it's got these fingers coming off of it. And we come up to this finger and, uh, and we're kind of just like head down walking and just, just moving, trying to get up to these guys. And uh, we come, we come, we're coming around this bowl and it, it kind of just plateaus out to a point. And then, you know, we already know there's going to be like a drainage or some kind of uh, deviation on the next side, like maybe another mini bowl or something. And so I come right over this, right over this little hill and, uh, and it's just, there's elk everywhere. There's freaking elk everywhere. And I'm, I'm looking at like 15 different elk and he's like elk, elk, and he's pointing and, uh, and I was the first shooter. So uh so I'm like okay you know freaking out grab my arrow knock it um and so we see this cow he's 40 yards draw back put the bead on her lining up my peep lining up my sight housing and where I messed up is I totally did not uh focus on my level so I hit her kind of back and uh and that was the bad taste in my mouth, man. Uh, hit her back, got my arrow. It was def- a confirmed hit. And we spent the next, I don't know, two two full days looking for this animal that we never found. Um, called so many people and just asked, like, what's the tricks? What's the thing? You know, we're looking for water. We're looking for buzzards. We're looking for crows. We're looking for magpie we're looking for freaking anything man and i never found anything and that after that was like you know we weren't uh, uh, successful at all after the fact either we actually we got on them some more but uh that changed everything um 
because the following year we we went back and similar thing, right? We went back to the same area. No kidding. It was insane. It was like a combat thing. And I've learned so much about elk hunting in those two years. Uh, because like over here on the West side, you might get on elk, you might chase elk, but you might not ever see them, right? Yeah. Like you can hear them. You can see that they just came through here. You can see them maybe a mile away and try to get a game plan on them. But over there on the east side, like they're in your mouth. They're right there sometimes, right? Like they're like right there where you're like, man, if I had a rifle, I'd, this is game over. Right. This is game over. But like we literally spent a couple days just, just following them. Mm-hmm. literally and making moves on them and trying to outsmart them. And it's like, they know they're like, huh, you're just a bow hunter. Yeah. <laughs> like, gonna, you know, you have to be, you. I I know how far you have to be away from me. So like, let's, yeah. let's go. Right. Yeah. They don't care. They're just hot and heavy and ready to do their thing. They're, they're raging, man. And, uh, so the next year was great. Got a couple, uh, awesome opportunities, drew back on a couple, uh, and I was way more conservative. I was way more uh, mentally tough at that point and like cognitive about what was going on. And uh, that's huge in archery too, because you're not out there. I would say the majority of bow hunters aren't out there just let arrows eat, especially after experience something like that. And I hope not everybody experiences that, but I'll tell you right now, if you do, that's going to go with you for a long time. And and it's kind of a blessing in a sense because I think it makes you better. Mm -hmm. Um, It's the worst thing ever, but it definitely sets a, sets a precedence on what you want to be as a person and a hunter out there. And like I said, you know, before I'm into the long run, man, I want to see animals when I go out. I want my kids to see animals when I go out. And that's, that's really important to me. But yeah, yeah. that's kind of how my elk started. And then it kind of rolled into deer. Um, you know, now this year we're getting ready for a freaking muley deer. And we got some big expectations. But I think I think we've been putting in the work and it'll be interesting. You're going to be ready. It'll be interesting. That right one comes across. Yeah. yeah. I feel like a lot of those times too, like you were saying, those learning experiences, I feel like everybody's had that that moment where you've couldn't find that animal or something and it sucks it really does it's the worst feeling in the world um i've had that feeling twice um both times would have been the two biggest bucks i've ever killed um for well three times counting one bow time with blade blade wouldn't die oh my god <laughs> it always I, comes back keep, to blade. yeah i can't get over it but he, I, man i shot at him I wounded him with my bow, then you wounded him again, and we can't. Williams is Williams' curse, I think. I don't know. That deer just had it out for us. I don't know if he was real to this day. He He might have been a ghost. He was a ghost ghost deer. 100%. That's Um, Blacktail 101, so I don't know. You're on the east side with that guy. Yeah. Well, we probably might have hopped in the truck. Yeah, he (laughs) might have hopped in the truck on the way by. (laughs) Get me out of here. But the first time that happened, my mistake was my dad has. Well, I at this time, I didn't have my 300 Weatherby yet. My dad has one. We have the exact same gun now. But I was using a 243, beautiful gun. Love it. Um, I wanted 
my dad, so my dad spots this deer and he goes, take my gun with you, go down there. If it's a buck, kill it. Right. It was getting close to dark, steep country. I took my 243 instead, put a perfect shot on this buck. Never, ever, 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 ever found it. All we found was cougar tracks, just dragging him about three oh, ridges. Are you kidding me? And then in that eastern, my first eastern Oregon trip, had a opportunity to big four point, hit him, skimmed across his shoulder. He was quartering away from me, and I was just I put the crosshairs right on the shoulder, which. I should have brought it back. I wasn't playing the angle at all. Shot, skimmed right off the front of the shoulder. Didn't break nothing, didn't hurt him. Just skimmed his, just cut his hair, basically. He gets up, runs, goes th about three ridges over. We followed him, followed him. Comes down to the other side in this suburban, comes flying up the road, stops, locks it up. This guy gets out and just starts absolutely unloading on this deer, dude. <laughs> As the deer's running by, going across the backside of his trick and just piles him up. Oh my so they get gosh. the four point. That's crazy to have somebody uh, cut you off like that. Yeah, it was like we were quite a ways out. Like you could yeah. just see the cloud. Of These guys were going 60. Yeah, there's flying. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like they were going so, and then. They're anticipating it, man. Well, yeah. I mean, by the time <laughs> they saw the buck, they didn't stop for a quarter mile. Yeah. They were on the brakes, but they did not stop. They just kept going. And as soon as they get to that full stop, the guy in the passenger seat hops out runs down the road a little bit, hops off the road and just starts unloading. That's the worst. My dad and I on the upper Cali one time back when those gates were open we were up hunting it with my brother and you know, we'd seen some big grouse and stuff. Didn't see anything, didn't see anything. We come walking down this hill and it was like somebody fired, like it was like a semi-auto or something, like seven, eight rounds. Yeah. <laughs> and we're like, we're like on the ground, you know, at this point, cause it's like pretty close. We come around the late and this lady on the road just smoked uh, this three point. She had to put like three or four shots in this thing. And she uh, was just like, I got a nice one. She was all fired up, but we probably jumped that deer and pushed it right on her on the road. Too, yep. Yeah. yeah that's the worst. I mean, it happens. Yeah. It, it does happen. Uh, and it's happened in our favor too. A lot though. Sure. Where other, other people's bump stuff to us. Well, even that big four point, my brother, Charlie got over there. I think someone had to jump that thing. Cause I mean, it was running. We were in the bottom of this Canyon, just hanging out and it was like, 11 o'clock or something and this big giant just runs and stops broadside in front of us. It's like a beam of light coming down on it. <laughs> oh, they didn't see it either, did they? Well, not right away. I was like, shoot that thing. <laughs> you know, it was my dad and my brother both had tags and I didn't have, I filled mine the night before in a fork and horn. So yeah, uh, but they, they got man, him. He was a nice butt. Up the fork and horns, man. I mean, the thing, hey. <laughs> the thing with you, Kyle, though, you're going to get over there what I love about your dad too, Dylan, is like anyone gets a tag and he's like, I'm taking 10 days off. Yeah. Oh, yeah no kidding. Immediately. What a wild thing too, yeah. right? Like yeah. he it, is awesome. Yeah. It doesn't matter who it is. If they just say, yeah, I got this tag when we leaving. Yeah, it's, exactly. It, every time. It's insane. I'll be ready. Um, but also though, too, about those Eastern Oregon trips that I love so much, especially the bow season that you're saying lack of pressure and stuff. But, and we were talking about how the numbers are so, it's just unbelievable. Like you just driving down the road and you see these deer everywhere. But you can hunt there all day because as the difference from here or from Western Oregon to Eastern Oregon, um, their cover's not so thick that you can get into them in their beds if you needed to. So you can spot them from wherever you're glassing from and walk in and make a stock. That's what we love to do so much. And that is what I think benefits bow hunting so much over there as compared to rifle season because rifle they just disappear 
Yeah, I don't yeah. know where they. Once the guns start blazing, the deer, oh, you know, start moving. One of my favorite things, though, like, well, this is sorry to John. He didn't like this one at all. But when he had the tag last time, uh, him and my dad, they go over like on Tuesday before the season. They have four days before the season even starts, and they just scout, hang out. And they spotted this buck, and they were watching him for four days at the very end of the burn for four days. They're watching the same deer. And that next morning, somebody beat him to the end and walked in this road, and we just see him as we're pulling down. We're all getting excited. We're like, he's going to be the same spot. As soon as we start walking down, this guy's dragging out John's buck right yeah. down the road, loading it side by side. It was I would like to say it was funny, but John was so mad. Yeah, oh, <laughs> that is the worst oh, about man. rifle too. Because yeah. I mean, every little spot you want to hunt, depending on. I mean, there's guys. It's kind of like you know your best salmon hole guys get there at two o'clock in the morning. So you know you get there at four thinking you're good, and oh man, somebody's in my spot. You're not going to experience that with the archery thing, which is great. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. Yeah, there's people over this, the, the, It's the, been it's been blowing up, man. Yeah. I but, think we're going to have to start getting deeper and farther out there. Yeah. And I, I don't know, which is, it sucks as an archery hunter, right? But is great because I think our archery numbers for Oregon are like, it was pretty small. I don't mm. remember the numbers off the top of my head, but I listened to a uh, Oregon bow hunter thing, and we our numbers are not compared anywhere close to a lot of other states. But they are on the rise. I think mm. it's like increasingly gone up in the last few years. And I've noticed. Granted, I'm a pretty new bow hunter, but I've noticed a lot of people getting out there, which is great. But yeah, rifle still holds the holds the crown yeah I think. and the rifle tag is fun to have but it's still like there's so many more people oh 100 i mean 100 that's what really on appeals. the roads and everything i yeah. just you know for people who want to get out there and like get off the roads and get behind gates and and really put the miles on uh i'd still have hope for them mm. um but I think it's just, it's an athlete's game right now, man. People are working hard. People are taking, I think a lot of good hunters and a lot of even novice hunters are really taking it serious and putting in that time and putting in that effort and getting farther back there and getting getting out there. Because, you know, that's one thing for Oregon is we got a lot of good land out there to get on. You know, a lot of other places, uh, other states, you know, public land is pretty small. Yeah. Uh, yeah. private land is all the big majority. So they kind of get in the short end of the stick. We're kind of, kind of lucky with a lot of that. Yeah. We're spoiled. We and I think some people, you know, the e-bike thing is interesting. Yeah. I don't know if you guys talked about that. We had, I don't know a whole lot about it, well, but so I looked into it's them. Getting, it's getting and, a big, be a big thing. And they, yeah, they were, they're really cool. And you buy one of these things. What was nice about them is as long as your motor was under 750 cc's, they were allowed this other they're like 749 you know they keep them right, right. under or whatever the the threshold is and you know if you take an animal they have these little carts that you can attach to them too and then you walk behind your bike and you can kind of you know get out that way yeah but i think they got banned in like the federal forests or something okay and so the, i think that's fairly recent so that's going to hurt you know the yeah. e-bike space but i i'm not 100% wonder, sure on that i wonder why but, that is i don't well, I mean, I think maybe a fire danger. I'm not really sure. Yeah, um, it's a new man. It's new. But you can it's a new deal. Take four wheelers and stuff, can't you? 
Uh, not typically, not off no. off road during. Oh, oh, know. I see what you're saying. So the, the, those are cool though. They are really neat. Those yeah, it'd e-bikes. be interesting. It'd be and, really interesting. But, but yeah. I'm at, not ready to invest into like a fifteen, you know, hundred dollar mountain hard sell bike. On the, yeah, on the I'll wife. just get another car. Uh, you probably. know, I think I could put in the work enough to get my Lamborghinis moving a little bit. You know, I'm not like I'm not a, the most in shape. I'm sitting like two ten. You know, I'm five nine. Uh, Same. <laughs> but. <laughs> You know, I but I do I do I do prepare for hunting season. You know, I I take it serious. You know, I get on the treadmill. I try to I try to put in some work and yeah. And obviously, you know that I shoot. I shoot, try to shoot a lot, and I think it's important. I think it's important even for like people in the rifle section too. Yeah. Um, you know, you want to be the best you can be out there. Well, I was telling Dylan early in my hunting career, like age fifteen to probably even in my thirties, I never used to get buck fever. I was just calm as a cucumber, pull up, shoot that animal, done, start field dressing. You know, they'd always drop right where I shot them. No problems. And then these last 10 years, maybe like thirties to forties. And it started with like that blade year where my confidence got a little shaky. And like, I just, I missed a few times, just didn't know why. And then my antelope, I was so amped up. I could hardly shoot. And I think it was part of, like it was a lifetime tag in my mind, 15 year tag. I didn't want to mess it up or something. Yeah, that's huge. Or even this coyote I just shot at. I was so bloodthirsty to take him out because of he'd been killing my babies. Yeah. That I like was a little more shook up than I felt like I should have been. So I told him what I'm going to start doing is just pulling up my new gun on does and around the property and just dry firing and just keeping myself calm. The calm. And just, just, just get that muscle memory going again because I've been noticing that I've just been so fired up for some reason. And he was saying, it's like, well, maybe you're just more into it now than you used to be. And I think there is some truth to that. Like it's, or it's like, I put this pressure on myself to be successful and you don't want to mess it up. And I felt that with archery too. It's like, you work so hard and so much repetition and yeah, it's fun. I enjoy shooting arrows. Like I, the first year I got into it, I would shoot 12 arrows a night, you know, and I get home from work, I go shoot my 12, feel really good about it you know, go do that the next night and just do that every night. And it's kind of therapeutic. It doesn't 100%. take that much time from the family. And yeah. You and know. the next best thing to the part of that is slicing that steak right off the trigger and feeding it to my four-year-old, my two-year-old, my wife and my newborn, you know, yeah. it's like, that's, that's what I'm about. I'm about eating it. I'm about using as much of that animal as I can. Um, for that hard work, man. Yeah. Like you're out there, you're sacrificing the time away from your family, or even if you're lucky enough to bring them out there and do that. But I'll tell you right now, I don't care what hunter you are, you sacrifice a lot. You take away from your family time, you know, you take away from your children is you have to. Like there's so many more people out there. I know I could freaking name off a million different people that I know that spend way more time out there and are way more successful than me. But I just, I just, I don't know what it is about it. I just can't, I want to, but when it comes to like sacrificing that time with them, it's, it's hard. And I think that's like a, it's like a barrier that some people can break and some people can't. And, you know, I'm not ready for that. (laughs) Well, but also when you got little ones at home and you're playing zone defense, I mean, you know, you guys are outnumbered now. They, yeah. You got to work together and that's, it's hard to take time away from that. Yeah. But I think it's cool that you've got your four-year-old out there with you. So they're oh, yeah. already seeing dad. She's doing ride this. or die. Yeah. 
<laughs> and I mean, is your wife a hunter too? Uh, you know, she grew up as a hunter. Um, yeah, she grew up as a hunter, man. When we first got together, it was crazy. I, this one hunt, we're out in Summit, Oregon, and uh, Coast Range, blacktail hunting. And uh, I'll never forget this day. She was like, oh, yeah, and uh, let's go. We're going on this hunt. I knew nothing of this area. And we start going, and we get on this freaking goat trail, man. And I'm just following her. And we're going down the nastiest stuff through the thickest of blackberries, up the gnarliest, steepest, all through a viney maple. And we're just hammering it, man. And we're pushing, we're getting into deer. Uh, I actually, oh, it was rifle hunting. And uh, <laughs> I had a shot on a deer and I did wasn't successful, didn't take it, but... It was just way too crazy, and but man, she she pounded the mountain hard. She got after it, and I'll never forget that moment. But she's kind of stepped back from it. We go out. Uh, I always call my vacation tags because it's always like late season. You know, we get a second season elk tag, and uh, you know, general deer tag for, her and we go out and take the kids, and it's it's fun. We spend some time out there. It's a it's like a glorified camping slash. Uh, outdoors trip but you know hey last year we chased some elk uh we got on some good elk she was pregnant as heck and she's out there puking and i'm driving her around and uh you know i'm all like gung-ho i'm getting out of the truck i'm like oh they're right here you know i just they're right here i know it let's go let's hit this draw let's climb this and she's just sitting there yakking and dying and uh and then i'm like okay i'm dialing it back i'm like okay well maybe we'll drive well let's let's try to drive around (laughs) drive around over here and then then maybe we'll just glass down this this drainage and you know maybe they're you know and just kind of play the game and but no, she she likes she loves the outdoors. I think when it comes down to it, it it's a hundred percent. We as a family love it. It's just it's hard to moderate that uh, commitment, right? Like you know, I'm sure you know some people who ride or die. They're out there every weekend. If you want to be a successful elk hunter or deer hunter, you will be out there the majority of the year. There's no doubt about it. Unless you're just lucky or you have a really good spot, you know, you're putting in a lot of time. Every successful hunter is. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, I feel like I've been really lucky because I've never, I'm probably giving it way more time now than I ever used to. But I used to, you know, I'd give it some time, but never like these guys that are out there hustling. I have moderate success. You know, I feel like most of the time my tags get filled, you know, and. There's times where they don't, but okay. uh, I give it as much time as I can. Kind of like you. It's like, yeah. I want to give it as much as I can, but I also know I have other responsibilities. So 100%, yeah. You know. And that's the, that's the, I think that's the best thing about the outdoors. It's like, there's room for people like that. Yeah. You know, because guess what? Like, just being out there, you're better off than sitting on the couch, sitting there playing video games and feeling sorry for yourself because you didn't make the effort or you thought, oh, that one or two days this weekend, uh, it's not enough time or whatever. No, just get off your ass and get out there and hunt or yeah. be out there. Like, yeah. that's how are you going to hunt or see anything if you're just not out there? Be yeah. out there. For your mental and physical health, too. 
once you're like a hunter and you see what that can do for you, it's, it's hard to want to give that up. Yeah. And then as a, you know, a young parent, like I, I, well, you know, coming through the COVID pandemic, (laughs) that all was a kind of wild for, uh, you know, everybody, but as going through that, as a young hunter and a parent, like I want to, I want to have that installed in my children. I want them to know some basic survival stuff. I want them to know where their food comes from. I want them to know, like, you know, clean eating is the best way to go. It's it's the smartest way. It's the healthiest way, obviously. That's been proven. I mean, you can do five minutes of research, and that's pretty obvious. Yeah. So, you know, granted, it's not practical for everybody. I get that. But, you know, you can always try. If you're out there, you're trying, man. That's that's what I got to say about it. Yeah. <laughs> you got to get out there. Oh, that's good. That's well said. I love that uh, we were talking, like you guys were talking about that, like I wasn't even here because <laughs> I do do that every day of the year, basically. Yeah, you're a young dad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I do still commit to the the hunting season pretty hard. Yeah, every, and you've been doing weekend. that for a long time. I mean, a lot of years. Yeah. Well, it's just how my dad is, I think. It's just how I'm kind of wired. That's all I've really known. Yeah, that's a good point because your family is, I mean, if you say dedicated hunter, that's pretty much, that's falling in line. Yeah. Well, Spent my dad, a lot of time. Yeah, he takes off November, October and November. Like that, he's gone. Yeah, he's we're not, not even work. related. Like we work together and he's like, bet, let's go. I'm like, wait a minute, what? Yeah. What? <laughs> let's talk about this yeah. a little bit. Yeah. No, don't even care. Let's go. Well, and you talk about, you know, it's a, like, that's your, your vacations or hunting. It know? is. I it's mean, everything. that's what you do. Oh, it's yeah. life. It's well, not even an option for me. For my dad, too. Like, um, he considers, you know, people like Kyle and John, like, part of the family. He's mm-hmm. just his additional kids. So anytime that they're out doing it, he wants to share that memory. So he wants to be out there with them and helping them and trying to, pass down his knowledge to as many people as he can because he's got a fair amount of it when it comes to the hunting and life stuff. Yeah. yeah he's, <laughs> he has guided us a long ways. <laughs> he's all right. I think he gets too much hype. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll let you I, say that to him. I, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited for you guys, though. So when is that season? That's coming up, right? We're leaving September 1. Yeah. See, so it's August 12th today, so we got, you know... You, it's right around the corner. It's knocking. Yeah. No, so. I just, this morning, uh, shout out to the bow rack, but we spent a couple hours there. I drug the family down there, got a final tune, and uh, we're ready to rock and roll. It's going to well, be awesome. Kyle and I have been playing, like, you know how I was for John's bachelor party and for your hunt that's coming up. I've been calling Kyle every single day. <laughs> planning this. Just not even, and it's his deer hunt. It's not even mine. And no. I'm and I'm calling him like, hey man, we need to get the food thing figured out. What are we taking? Where are we gonna hunt? All this stuff. I have a I have this our first walk we're gonna do is a twelve mile loop. So yeah. hopefully I can survive through mile two. Well Dylan gets a little fired up. Oh I'm so stoked. And he talks to you, me and R V D. Like when do you have time to do anything else besides all of I, us bugging you for hunting advice? I don't you know? work really. <laughs> I just I this I do this full time. I'm just a podcaster. Podcaster and full time hunting guide. Yeah. yeah. And I just talk Ryan and I just talk about trucking and stuff, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> other stuff <laughs> just life golf whatever comes up life. um you're getting material for your future book 
Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to do. But I don't know. These hunts, even like when I don't have a tech, especially when I don't have a tech, they are way more fun. There's no pressure on you. Yeah. Direct pressure. Yeah. I love it so much. And the fact that I get to go spend the week or long weekend with Kyle and then 10 days with you guys over there, I cannot wait. Like it's, I'm begging for the season to get here. Yeah, it's close. I don't it's even close. care that I have tags here, really. I wouldn't even hunt. if. Oh, I we got met. our Willamette tags starting September 1st, too, there, buddy. Hey, I know. Yo. Maybe we got to figure that out. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we'll we get, get our permits for yes. our stuff. Yeah, we do got to do that. Well, you needed you and John are, well, if he likes me, since <laughs> yeah. I told him the wrong time. Yeah, sorry, John. John, you were supposed to be here today, and we had a miscommunication on the timing of the event, and he's a newlywed. He's a busy man. We'll get him back on the show soon. Yeah. But I need you guys to go get those permits so I can tag along. John, if you're listening, let's make some time for that. Yeah. John, <laughs> I, I'm so sorry. So sorry. He messed, he messed up the time. He didn't mean to. Yeah. Mistakes are made at times. I was hanging out with Food Network people, you know, just hey, eating fancy deal. food. It was pretty cool. You're kind of a big deal <laughs> if you think about it. No, I mean, you could buy tickets. It's like <laughs> oh, going to a I concert. Thought you had a, yeah, I, no, I thought it was, Gordon Ramsay hit you up. No, it was like uh, you bought a ticket to this thing, but it was cool. You got to meet some people. Yeah. Andrew Zimmer was a really cool guy, the Bizarre Foods guy. Don't I, I call him, him Zimmerman either. He doesn't like no, it. No, I did want to go straight to Zimmerman because that's it just rolls off the tongue. That's <laughs> yeah, it's a better last name. He's a good dude, though. Yeah. yeah. Andrew, change your last name immediately. Yeah. Add that M-A-N. Why fight it? I mean, we know he listens. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's a big listener. Yeah. He's a <laughs> OAP. Yeah. Like, he's like a OAP for life. Yeah. Yeah. Most faithful listener. He is a hunter, though. You know, oh, that's well. cool. Yeah. You should have got him on. Yeah, I'll work on it. You, know? you never know. He might. So you never know. <laughs> um, you fly out to Oregon? Yeah. We'll put you up in the Phoenix Inn. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> At least the best Western, man. No, we, Sam has a coupon. I got a coupon Inn. for a free oh, night. Fair enough, fair. I've been trying to use it. <laughs> we yeah. could have put you up in it, Kyle. Hey, you know, the, you you know, the I don't know. We're kids. about 15 minutes away, so <laughs> yeah. we're all right. We're all right. Yeah. <laughs> this is something about not sleeping in your own bed, you know? But the Phoenix Inn? <laughs> yeah, man. You serious? That's a five-star. Yeah, for sure. There's all the best amenities right wa- in walking distance. Mm-hmm. Mm. There's a Denny's. Grand Good Slam. Old, what, that's Albany, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Home yeah. Depot. Oof. And I five is your that that best view. western you guys got in Lebanon is pretty swanky. Man, it's premier, bro. It, yeah, it's premier. It's pretty fancy. They got eighteen forty seven the bar and grill. Shout yeah. out eighteen forty seven. Not bad. Yeah, good. It's a little pretty bougie, good. man. Go get yourself an old fashioned. Yeah, mm. it's a nice. It is a nice place. They it did is. a really good job with that. Awkward, though. Uh, best food I've ever had there: fish and chips. Fucking oh. weirdest thing in the world. <laughs> I love best Eddie. fish and chips. <laughs> I love any <Eddie's> store. <laughs> We got muted. We got muted. Sorry. But I love it when you lead into a story with awkward. It's so <laughs> weird, man. It's so chips. weird. Like, how's that Willamette weird? Valley fish and chips. I don't know, man. That's good. So That's should we share uh, what you did with between Kyle and I trying to, you know, create some <laughs> animosity? Yeah, I yeah. do think we need it, it you, needs you, to be brought up. And we should... need to squash the beef. Kyle, yeah. it's time to get this so, over So with. Dylan just told, he tells me out of the blue, hey, man, you know, Kyle he just doesn't really like you, man. Like I, I'm like, dude, I, I barely know him. He seems really cool. He, I just talked to him in this 3d shoot. He seemed really nice. Like, I don't, what did I do? And he's like, I don't, he just, he just hates just, you. your vibe and his just aren't working out. And I'm like, man, I got to win him back, you know? So Dylan's got me going on this for, I don't know, 
couple days, probably. A couple weeks. I oh, think, was it? Yeah, yeah, since the 3D shoot. Yeah. I think if you don't know Dylan Williams, he is the best person to kick the hornet's nest. <laughs> yeah. If you want to yeah, we'll fucking start shit or <laughs> get somebody going, like, yeah. uh, Dylan Williams, your best friend. He's the Let's guy. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, you know, I, I'm a weird person though. I'll be honest. Like I'm skeptical of people. So like I'm always defensive. And, uh, I think like when Dylan, and Dylan always, like you said, he was, he talks to everybody, right? He'll call me like four times a day. I'm like, dude, I actually have fucking shit to do. So like, I, I can't to talk to you right now, <laughs> but sometimes we'll have like good conversations and you know, it'll be all great, but it gets weird sometimes. And he likes to stir the pot, man. I do. He gets after it. It's well, funny. I'm bored, man. Yeah. Yeah. So well, what I was going to do when you first got here is just kind of be like, <laughs> Hey man, I just want to clear the air. I'm sorry. Like, Sorry, whatever I did to offend you, like he wanted me to keep it going yeah. on the other side. Oh, yeah. yeah. I didn't but have it in me. He likes I to want, make things awkward. I man. wanted Sam to be like, well, I heard you don't like me. Anyways, let's get this thing started. <laughs> yeah. And then just- Welcome to the yeah. Outdoor Adventures Podcast. <laughs> so then you had to just stew in that for a while is what I was yeah. hoping for. Well, you know, I mean, hey, what's up? I'm here. Yeah. I know. We're I happy. Showed we're, up. we're glad that you showed up. Hey, you're a likable guy. I'm sorry that I offended you and you don't really like me, but I'm glad you came on the show in spite of all that. Um, so, you know, I, the coolest thing about that, we, we'll go back to when we were uh, talking about the 3D shoot. Uh, so we go there and it was a, correct me, uh, it was a advertise or how did that work? It, well, was, a, we were, it was like, I, I was totally surprised by it because, which yeah. was dumb because I've I heard about this because me and Dylan, like I said, he calls me and he, we just talk, just, we just talk shit. So we he told you, he told day. you about it already. Yeah. yeah and yeah. he was like, Oh, you got to go to this invite or it's not an invitational, but it was a th- sponsored 3d shoot. Uh, my cousins put it on blah, blah, blah. I was like, Oh fuck that. I ain't going to that. That's dumb, dude. He's going to try to get me to buy something or sell my house or, you know, like something crazy. Right. Or like, and, uh, refinance. <laughs> and so like funny or not, <laughs> I'm there on the day shooting this shoot and I'm like blown away. I'm like, and I see him and I'm like, Oh my God. I was like, that's right. This is freaking Sam. <laughs> I was like, we've, you know, and uh, we hunted that one time over there and uh, did our thing, but we were hunting separately. We didn't hunt together. We we're just at the same camp. And so this is the first time I really met him. And then I see him there, and obviously, all the crap talk Dylan does about you behind your back, not a big yeah. deal. But no, not yeah. a big deal. Um, we get there, and I'm like, oh, and I was like, dude, what's up? <laughs> and then I spent a bunch of money in raffle tickets, which paid off because I got some, yeah, got some cool stuff. Yeah, and what a blast that day was. That if you guys don't do that every year, you're crazy. Well, we definitely want to do it again. <laughs> we we raised sixteen hundred and one dollars, I think, for Link Up Vets, which is a good organization. Oh. All the money goes to the veteran community, and so that was the whole point. It wasn't. We weren't promoting really our businesses. Sure, um, it was more about Link Up Vets, and just it was our first time doing something like that. It was fun. It was, yeah. it was really cool. No, it and, was beautiful. And your group was really a fun group to have because everybody was having a good time, shooting good, and yeah, you know, I don't know. It was a cool thing. Did so. anybody win that dot? Uh, one guy finally did. Yeah, no we kidding. had a, a dot shot where you just shoot through a PVC pipe, and the one guy finally hit it and got the rangefinder we were giving away on that one. Which that was, was cool. it was a rowdy shot, man. I think 
We we uh, you guys were close. It was I want to say it was close to forty yards. Very close. And yeah. man, it was. I think it was one inch PVC. Yeah, and you weren't yeah. allowed to range it. Nope, no range. So you just come up, and it was downhill. It was a little shot. downhill. Yeah, yep. little slope. It was tricky, man. It was a good time. It well, was it was really neat. You guys were lucky I didn't bring my bow out. Everybody <laughs> wanted to shoot it more than once, dude. Everybody's like, oh, they're just after you shot, you're just chomping at the bit. You're like, oh, please. We should like, have offered like five like, bucks for a second right. shot. That yeah. might not be a bad idea, right? Because, I mean, the odds of hitting it. I mean, I don't know. Me personally, as an archer, the odds of me hitting in a one-inch circle at 40 yards, uh, maybe two shots, Mm. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm not, I, mean I would love to say I would. Yeah, one out of one out of one for sure. Maybe I would love. But if that, you're shooting a no. tight group, you're happy with that. So like oh, getting yeah. that perfect shot. There's a luck element. We also had a 90 yard on that moose money shot. Yeah, where you paid, I think. I think uh, it's ten, five ten bucks. Something yeah, like something like that. Yeah. And you got four shots or two yeah. shots or whatever it was. That was so, a hoot. Yeah, it was Man, good. It was a good time. My luck is I would shoot it. And then I would get another arrow. I would pull my arrow, and I just blow up my first arrow. Mm, that would yeah. be my luck. Yeah. That'd be my or luck. dry fire. I'd be like, that. oh, there we goes had, that black eagle rampage. That we had a guy dry fire because you know you're getting excited or whatever, oh, and he dry no. fired. And thankfully, it did it blow it up. Didn't seem to mess up his bow. <gasps> he was lucky he didn't get hurt because I heard you can like break your arm if you dry fire a bow. Like if oh. it hits you wrong, you know. Man, I'm not kidding you. I would never want to do that. No, I shoot a I shoot a UV button. Um, this year, so I'm still pretty comfortable with it. But man, yeah, I there's so much energy going on there. Like I said, yeah. I got 30 inch draw with 75 pound mods. Yeah, that I couldn't imagine. I couldn't imagine yeah. what that's gonna. It would. I think. I feel like it'd blow up my bow. Yeah, just explode. Sometimes I'm questionable at arrows. Yeah, I'm just like. Mm. So over east, <laughs> you know where you're gonna be hunting. These shots sometimes. You know, these deer, like you got out, even with the elk, they know what your range is to a degree. Yeah. So it's like 70, 80, 90. They'll push out to 110. They'll push out to 200. They'll let you close that gap or whatever, but you can't. So how far are you willing to shoot? What is your comfort level? That's funny you asked that. Uh, I was down getting my bow tuned up today, and uh, I had a conversation with this this older older gentleman, but uh, I never caught his name. His first name was Rick. Um Obviously, like, I mean, he was yoked, yoked, probably in his 60s. His arms were like three times the size of mine, very in shape, had a tack uh, sticker on his bow. Uh, you know, he knew his shit. And, yeah. I, and I asked that question. I said, hey, I was like, what are you up to this year? Where are you going? And he was like, yeah, I'm going over east. Um, and I was like, what, what's that long? What's your longest yardage? Uh like what? What are you gonna be comfortable on a muley? And he was like, it was. He kind of gave me like a story before that. And long story short, he was. He said seventy yards on mm-hmm. perfect conditions, perfect everything. And I was like, I was like, man, okay. And 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 for me lately, that's all I shoot. Uh, first shot. Um, this last probably two months is first first arrow is seventy yards, and. Uh, and I kind of that that was my mentality. I was like, man, that's what I really want to be proficient at. I want to be I want to be hitting half dollars at seventy yards. Mm-hmm. That's what I want. That's what I want. Yeah, that's good. At a in a perfect situation, right? So yeah. that's flat ground, uh, decent target, and good wind conditions. 
And uh, then him saying that, I'm like, I kind of like second guessed myself. I was like, okay. I was like, this is a guy, you know, I don't know him from anything, but I don't know what he does for practice. I don't know what his history is with a bow, but I'm like, man, it's hard to say. It's hard to say. I, I comfortably all day, 50, 60, mm-hmm. any of that. I, I, I really want, I really want 70. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think even as you as an archer and Dylan as uh, what archery he has in him, um, I think it just really depends on the situation. Like, yeah, it's, it does. It's so there's that's the I think that's the what what pulls you into this this game. I'm gonna call it a game because it really is. Uh, anybody who plays video games or does any kind of games, like it draws you in, right? If you're interested in it, it's gonna suck you right into it. Mm-hmm. Archery is just like that. You're always chasing like your limits. What's next? But on the hindsight to that, when you're taking a life or, you know, harvesting an animal, you have to know the alternative, you know, the the weakness of that point. If you make a bad shot, you hit them in the low back or wherever you miss, that's a big deal. So I'd rather miss than take a bad shot. I would hope, I would hope. Uh, that I get a twenty-yard shot, mm. and just he goes twenty feet and piles up. Yeah, that's that's the game. But, but I, you know, I don't know. Comfortably, I I, I want to be. I'm gonna be comfortable at seventy. There's no I, doubt. I think that's a good place to be. I yep. was comfortable at sixty last season. That's kind of where I kind of dialed in. I yeah, was just been, at sixty, and I think I'd like to push to seventy, maybe even to eighty. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't. That's like long-term goal sure. kind of thing. And I don't know that you'd take that 80-yard shot, but it'd be nice to have that option you yeah. know, if you really have some time at it. You yeah, know? and I've been working hard. So if, if I get a shot at 70, like, it's going to be no doubt. Like, if I doubt it, then I'm not going to take it. Yeah. It's it's going to be, like, without – because that's why I said, you know, first shot every day, 70 yards. And then I, and I've been kind of playing a game. I just work it in. It goes yeah. 70, 60, 50, 40, down to 20, and then I work back. And just for fun. Yeah, you know it's it's a uh, it's interesting, man. But whatever you do, wherever you shoot, it has to be without a doubt. Mm-hmm. You know, or why do it? Yeah, <laughs> I like that. Well, I'm looking forward. We every time we have somebody on, we're like, okay, recap show. Yeah. So we, right. We, yeah, absolutely. We, we got some uh, some fuel here. We're getting you fired up for this hunt that's coming up, and I wish you the best of success. And you got some good guys to go with, and. My brother actually has the tag too, but he, we booked a, a trip with my the rest of the family in Idaho, and so I don't know. He may end up buying a general Western tag because a little more time to hunt. Right, so, get that late season maybe. Yeah, exactly. That's that's good for over here, man. Yeah. Tell you what, there's gonna be a if lot. If you can catch them before it gets dark, man. There's gonna be <laughs> a lot of blacktail on the ground this year, I think. Oh so, yeah, yeah. Well, cool, guys. I think we uh, covered it. I, uh, Kyle, appreciate you coming on. And in spite of what Dylan did to create a wall between the two of us, <laughs> that you powered through that. And uh, Well, I think it's a team-building exercise. I'm doing this for the podcast. Yeah. Putting you in awkward situations. Give to, us something to talk to about. Build over that wall. <laughs> I see. To conquer an obstacle. To help me that way when I'm trying to book different people, mm-hmm. I won't give up with, yeah. the, with the first no. Yeah, yeah. See, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. And Johnny, again, we apologize for the, the misconnection today and uh, the bad timing. Um, 
wish you the best. Hope your new uh, married life is going great. Yeah, and text me back. Yeah, text Dylan back. He's he's sensitive. It's hard on him. He just misses hearing your voice. So that's yeah, right. Yeah. Thank yeah. you guys for uh, inviting me on here. Do yeah. you guys? Uh, are you guys going to be posting? Do you guys have a Instagram or page for outdoor? Yeah, the Outdoor Adventures podcast uh, on Instagram. We have a Facebook. And then we usually, awesome. when we put these out, we put them out. We try to put one out once a week, but we all have lives and we get busy. Yeah. And so sometimes it will miss a week here and there, but we'll throw it out on Instagram or uh, I always put it on Facebook too. And nice. just kind of throw some pictures of whoever's on the podcast. So, do you want me to do a quick read for Mrs. Fields before we? Uh, Sign off. Well, so Dylan's been working on this. Yeah. Uh, we do have uh, a few different affiliates that we've connected with. And uh, one of them is Mrs. Fields Cookies. And so, you know, if you buy Mrs. Fields Cookies through the link in our bio, uh, we get a little piece of that action, which helps uh, support the podcast and what we're doing. So, yeah, go ahead. I mean, you've been working on some commercials. You've tried the product now. We, we ordered some here for the studio. They're pretty tasty. I personally like the chocolate one with the white chips. Yeah, so like that's it's, my favorite too. Yeah, white chocolate chips and then a chocolate cookie. So kind of a, different than what you're used to. But I forget yeah. what they were called. The tin, the sampler, whatever. We're just gonna run with it. This podcast is brought to you by Mrs. Fields Cookies. Head over to the OAP Crews. Instagram page to check the link in our bio and get yourself a 40 piece white chocolate nibbler set on the house. Not actually on the house. I just threw that in to sound better. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's, you're supposed to say that really quiet, like the fine bread. Not actually. We can't promise how these cookies will taste or feel or you know, the contextual. <laughs> but no, they are having a promo right now. It's their anniversary sale. So if you go to the link in our bio, uh, you can get 20% off. And we like them. I mean, you need snacks when you're out in the woods. And they're they're small little bite-sized. You get three in a package, uh, individually wrapped cookies. And they, they're soft. They're not a hard cookie. Which is a huge thing. Yeah. That was a, when I told Dylan soft cookies, he was more on board. Yeah. yeah. It made he, me excited. Uh, yeah. They're pretty good. So. Uh, but yeah, like, do you get your sugars up? In the, I always crave a sweet yeah. when we're hunting. Always. It's always something, either a sweet or Chinese food, and I can only usually get the sweet out of that. Yeah, <laughs> it's hard hard to call in the Chinese <laughs> yeah, food. Yeah, they out. don't deliver. Yeah, I'm going to send you this Onyx location. Yeah. Can you <laughs> send your guy now? He'll be here in four hours. But yeah, so uh, anyways, check out OAP's Instagram page for the links in our bio. Nice. We also just got some swag, too. So we haven't posted any pictures on that, but we got some hats and some sweatshirts and some T-shirts, so... Yeah, we need to start posting this. I'm surprised we haven't even done that. We haven't even talked about that really yet. No, we should. We'll put some of these out there. Um, this is the part where people usually tune out, so it's a good time to talk about it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is how we're, the wrap-up when the music starts coming in. Yeah. Dan, time for you to start cueing music maybe about seven minutes ago. Yeah. And just going to fade us Anyway. The longest outro in history yeah, exactly. every podcast. Yeah. People are like, they might be tuning Like, is it going to end? <laughs> <laughs> what are these guys talking 15 about? 15 minutes later, and here we are. They're catching up on their day. Yeah. All right. But seriously, Kyle, thanks for being here. Yeah, thank you, guys. Good. That was Look, awesome. Looking forward to hearing about that. I was a little nervous. So oh, you did great. Appreciate it. Good story. You did a great job. <laughs> yeah. um, but we're going to have to do a recap. So we have about 78 recap videos. So we got to get Ryan on yeah. for the Reno recap. Yeah. Recaps are fun, though, because that's the whole point. We talk about stuff, and then we talk about what happened yeah. after. So. 
Yeah. Hey, we're all just trying to get better at this crazy thing called life. So, you know. And this podcast and with the OAP crew. <laughs> it's OAP. Oh, yeah. Sorry. All right. Thanks, guys. See ya. Bye.